Good morning. It's time for our countdown. Hope you all uh, are having a good morning. Happy Mother's Day to all of our mothers out there. You gotta keep me on track. My timer person's not timing me, so it could be three minutes now. We could be on two minutes now. Who knows? So let us know you're here when you're hopping on. Say hello. Happy Mother's Day to all our mothers. Thank you for taking time out of your day to spend with us this morning. We appreciate you all so much for connecting with us this way uh, every Sunday morning. We miss being with you guys. We cannot wait for the time that we can come back together. Good morning, good morning. Hope you all are enjoying this sunshiny day so far. Happy Mother's Day. If you would like to say a special something to your mom as you're popping on, whether she's in heaven or she's here with us, uh, go ahead and comment that in. I am so happy uh, to have most of my kiddos with me today. They're sitting off camera. I was thinking about letting them uh, come up here and say hello, but I don't know. Hello. So. Emily says hello. But uh, thank you all for joining us. Wasn't that music just beautiful this morning with Kevin and Kara? Thank you all so much for doing that. Um, we love being able to worship in music and song. It's been a little bit different this way, but we love the fact that people are willing to, um, sorry, I'm missing my cues. It's almost time, guys. It's almost time to get started. Good morning. Happy Mother's Day. Here comes Michael. You're not ready? No. <laughs> okay. We I am ready. A, okay, I don't know. We have on. an audience today. Okay. So good morning, good morning. So welcome, welcome, welcome. A couple of announcements to let y'all know about. Uh, for our UMW, we are going to be having a Zoom meeting on Tuesday. I believe... Uh, Sherry said 6.30. So, Sherry, if you're on, go ahead and let me know if that's correct or not. Uh, but for those of you that are part of the UMW, Sherry will send out a link uh, for that Zoom meeting, and we're going to be doing that. We did get to meet with some of our kiddos last this past week. Uh, so good to see their smiling faces. And you had one more announcement for me, and I can't remember. Wednesday night, Bible study. Wednesday night, Bible study. We're going to continue that on from our couch in our living room. And we're going to be talking about um, how we got the Bible. You know, where uh, they decided how to put all the books together and stuff like that. Michael's got all kinds of information that he wants to share with us. It's very fascinating. We've been discussing it somewhat. So uh, tune in. We're going to do Facebook Live at 6.30 on Wednesday night. And hope you all have a wonderful day today to all you mothers out there. Happy Mother's Day. I'm going to pass it over to Michael. Well, good morning. Today is Mother's Day, um, and that might create a variety of feelings for you as it's Mother's Day. Maybe today is a day you're going to celebrate it being Mother's Day. Um, maybe you've got a great relationship with your mom, so today is all about, um, you know, flowers and candy, and it's a good day. Um, maybe today is a day that brings back not-so-great memories, um, about your mom, or maybe today is a day you've got sadness or grief because um, of your mother's death, or maybe 
Maybe you are a mother as you're watching. Maybe you uh, want to be a mother or maybe you have chosen not to be a mother or maybe you're a mom who isn't able to be with all or some of her kids today for whatever reason. So there's all of these different things, I think, that goes on on Mother's Day. And Mother's Day can be a really hard day for churches, some churches, to figure out what to do. Because oftentimes on Mother's Day, we will try to do something in the worship service to recognize uh, moms or um, women who have played a big part in our faith, which is why today uh, we had posted a video uh, this morning at 9 o'clock, and it was part of our hashtag IGiveUMC uh, for our Mother's Day recognition. So thank you to everyone who submitted uh, videos or pictures, and also to everyone who gave to the church uh, in memory of or in honor of your mom or that special woman that you wanted to recognize or remember. So if you haven't seen that video, you can check that out. Um, just as a heads up, we will also be doing the same thing for Father's Day coming up uh, next month. But for me, it's not really too hard how to incorporate Mother's Day into a worship service. And I say that um, and as much as I love all of you moms, the honesty of our specific time together today is um, it's not about you. Just being honest, right? It's not about me either. Our time together is about Jesus, and that's where we're going to focus our, uh, our time through, through reading the scripture and this message. Now, I think that the message we've got today, which is in Acts chapter 9, verses 32 through 35. So if you want to get your Bible, um, you can do that. You know, I've got this image like in my head while I'm preaching to a camera that all of you all, you've, you're like up and dressed and got your Bible and you're ready to go. And the reality is maybe you're still laying in bed in your pajamas. And if you are, that's okay because we are a come-as-you-are church right now. Uh, but we're going to be looking in Acts chapter 9 and there's this passage of Scripture that I think will speak to maybe... Um, Maybe some, some moms, maybe you've said this, or, or maybe you've heard this, and I think you can identify with it. But more importantly, as Kevin mentioned, I think today's passage will speak to all of us of the love and the healing that is offered in Jesus' name. So I want to begin by reading this passage of Scripture. It's only a few verses, so it's really short, which is kind of a crapshoot on how long the sermon's going to be when it's really short, right? I mean, it can go one way or another. But um, Acts chapter 9, verse 32 says this. As Peter was traveling from place to place, he also came down to the saints who lived in Lydda. And there he found a man named Aeneas, who was paralyzed and had been bedridden for eight years. Peter said to him, Aeneas, Jesus Christ heals you. Get up and make your bed. And immediately he got up. So all who lived in Lydda and Sharon saw him and turned to the Lord. It's the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Get up and make your bed. How many of you have either heard your mother say that, or you've had to say it to a child, or maybe you've had to say it to a husband or whatever? Today I want to talk to you about what getting up and making your bed looks like in our lives. But first, uh, before we get into it, I want, to, I want to offer a little bit of context. Is that okay? Awesome, very good. Because we jumped right into the middle of Acts chapter 9. Some chapters of the Bible um, have really, really big stories in them to where we, we kind of know a chapter of the Bible by this huge story that it tells. Let me give you an example. Genesis chapter 1. 
has a huge story in Genesis chapter 1. Does anybody know what the main point of Genesis chapter 1 is? Exactly. God created everything. And then Genesis chapter 9 has a pretty big part of that chapter too. Does anybody know what happened in Genesis chapter 9? Exactly, right? God destroyed almost everything. And there's a flood and there's Noah and there's an ark. Luke chapter 2. There's a huge thing that happens in Luke chapter 2, right? Yeah, Jesus was born. John chapter 3 has verse 16 in it, so that's a big thing in that one. And then we get to Acts chapter 9. Now here's the thing with Acts chapter 9. It contains what we call the conversion of Saul. So if you remember in Acts, we've got this man named Saul who is a Pharisee, which means he's a religious leader of the day, but he's persecuting the Christians. In fact, many Christians during Saul's time are are being killed. And then Saul has this amazing experience with Jesus while he's traveling on a road to Damascus. He is literally blinded by the light. Long before Manford Man's earth band ever was, Saul was blinded by the light. And then he actually had his name changed from Saul to what? Paul, exactly, and the rest is Christian history. So the first half of Acts chapter 9 is all about that, and then the focus switches to Peter, which is who we're talking about here today. Now, if you remember, Peter was the one who took the message of Jesus mainly to the Jewish people, uh, especially up at this point right here. Uh, It's actually in Acts chapter 10 and 11 where Peter realizes wait a minute, the the message of Jesus is for everybody, and we can't pick and choose who can hear the message, and we can't pick and choose who can be the church, and it's not up to us because God shows no favoritism, and he welcomes everyone in his love and in his grace. And Paul primarily takes the message of Jesus to the Gentiles which is everybody who's just not Jewish. And so the story today is that Peter is traveling from town to town, And verse 32 says that he comes down to the saints, which is not in New Orleans. It's actually in Lydda, which is this little coastal town. It's a twin city town of Lydda and Joppa. And in between these two towns, there's a plain called the Plain of Sharon. And Peter drops in to see the saints, which means that he went to see the Christians who lived in this area. See, the Bible refers to anyone who believes in Jesus and has accepted the gift of new life and salvation that is offered in his name and because of what Jesus has done for you as a saint. And that's who you are. And that's who you are today because of what Jesus has done for you. I think we often don't look at our lives that way, though. I think usually we think of other people as saints. Maybe you would think your mom or your grandmother or another spiritual uh, woman or leader in your life is a saint, but we often don't, I don't think we think of ourselves as saints. Usually we think of saints as the other people. Maybe it's the other people who we think live better lives than we do. Maybe it's the other people who sin less than we do. Maybe it's the other people who cuss less than we do or drink less than we do or, or whatever it is. It's always these other people. And Peter actually has a very clear message Um, on that for all of us. 1 Peter, that chapter of the book of the Bible we were looking at for the last three weeks, 1 Peter 1.16, Peter says, be holy, which is what being a saint actually means. It means to be set apart, 
to be different. So Peter would say, I think, that if you're only thinking other people are the saints and you can't see yourself by what Jesus has done for you in your life as a saint, then what we probably should do is change some aspects of the way that we are living and let our actions and our lifestyle reflect the reality of our calling because you are called to be a child of God. You are called to be holy and set apart. You're called to be loved and loving. You're called to be a saint. So I think we can believe it and we can act like it. So anyway, back to the story. Peter is traveling down and he comes in contact with all these saints, all the Christians, and they're, he's visiting people and they probably got some potluck dinners going on. And you know somebody probably made him some banana pudding because that's his favorite thing to eat. And he comes into Lydda and he runs into a man named Aeneas. Now, Aeneas has been paralyzed for eight years. A guy named Luke wrote this book of the Bible, Acts. He also wrote the gospel that bears his name. And Luke was a physician, so often he will use some very specific terms to refer to people. And for Aeneas, he refers to him as a paraleo, which is a Greek word where we get our word paralyzed from, but it's also the root word that we get polio from. So Aeneas, for some reason, can't walk. He's confined to a mat that he lays on. And and this mat would have been what he laid on and was carried around from place to place. And the mat is also what he would have slept on. And see, for that, everybody had a mat. It's just Aeneas, he can't get up off of his mat. Everybody has a mat, but Aeneas can't leave his mat at home Everybody has a map, but it's Aeneas' map that, that defines him because he's stuck to it, because he can't get up and walk away from it on his own, and he has been this way for eight years. And then verse 34 sums up everything that I wanted really to talk about today because this is the verse that changes everything. Peter comes to this man named Aeneas, and the first thing is Peter spoke to him. Peter said to him, I wanted to remind us all today that there is power in our spoken words, that we can speak words of life and hope and encouragement, or we can speak words of death and decay. And I want you just for a minute, think about all the words that come out of your mouth over the course of a day. Are you glorifying the name of Jesus and uplifting other people, or are your words a cloud of negativity and complaining that settles over you and everybody around you? I would say one of the biggest lessons I've learned in life is you don't have to say every single word or every single thought that comes to your mind. It's still a process for me. There are many times in a sermon where I'm like, did I really just do that blinded by the light thing? And, and the stuff comes out and I really don't think about it. But the filter is part of growing in our faith and growing as a disciple of Jesus. I would say think about our words. Our words could be like honey that are so sweet to other people that hear them. So the first thing Peter does is he says some words. And these are the words that he says. Aeneas. See, Peter called him by name. Jesus healed lots of people in the Gospels, and Jesus rarely calls any of them by name. So I think it's significant that here Peter mentions this man's name. In fact, in these four verses, we have Aeneas' name not once but twice, even though he never says anything verbally. We never have any 
recorded words that Aeneas says, although I believe that he speaks to us by his actions and what he does, more so than words ever could have. And then we never hear from him again through the whole Bible. In fact, a lot of, most Bible translations uh, group this passage, these four little verses, in with the next passage that rounds out Acts chapter 9, which is the healing of Tabitha. She gets a whole lot more verses in her story than Aeneas does. We learn a whole lot more about her than we do about Aeneas. And I think that's, that's a shame because I think Aeneas here has a lot to teach us. In fact, his name is very important. And his name would have been very well known for the people who heard it. Aeneas is a, is a Greek name. And it actually uh, came from initially around 440 BC. There's a guy named Homer who wrote this little Greek epic where Aeneas was the hero. So if you are an English major and want to type in the name of that story, anybody in the sanctuary? Exactly! The Aeneid, right? I know you've all read that one, and the hero in that story is Aeneas. So when the readers of Luke's time heard Aeneas mentioned, they would have thought of this Aeneas from the, from the Greek history, the founder of the Roman people and what his name meant. I wanted to tell you today that when someone speaks your name, it's because they know you. It's your name is important. I want to real quick give you some verses from Isaiah 43, verse, chapter 43, verses 1 through 2, so you can check this out later. But this is what it says. This is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid. I have ransomed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you go through deep waters, I am with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. And that's because God is with you and God knows your name. So remember that when you're going through deep whatever, deep whatever you're going through, um, that God is with you and you're not alone and um, he will bring you through it. So Peter says, Aeneas, and then he says this, Jesus Christ heals you. What I want to remind us today is that the source of healing and hope in our lives comes only from Jesus. Last week we read a passage in 1 Peter where Peter said, because of Jesus, by his wounds, you are healed. Today there is spiritual healing for all of us. So, get up and make your bed, is what Peter tells him. Now, some translations use the word mat referring to the bed, but the point here is that Aeneas needs to get up, but the reality is he can't get up. The point is Aeneas needs to, to roll up the bed, roll up the mat, because it's daytime. You don't need the mat during the daytime, but the reality is Aeneas can't get up and roll up the mat until he can. And that happens because of the healing that has occurred to him through the power and the transformation of Jesus. I believe that today, that somebody needs to be told to get up from something. Whatever the mat is, the bed is that you have carried around, today is a day to get up from it. Whatever the thing is that has defined you that you seem to not be able to move yourself from, today, I think, is the day to move on from it and to get up. It's not something that you are dependent upon, and I know it's scary. To get up. Aeneas probably thought it was scary 
right? What if he only thought in his head he was healed and then he got up and he really just fell back down again? But to that, I would say we can't live our lives with the what ifs, but we can live our life trusting in the promises and the power and the presence of God. We can live our lives by standing upon those promises. We can live our life by getting up on those promises. And so we're told Aeneas got up. (laughs) Last week I told you the word example meant to trace over something. Peter said in 1 Peter 2.21, Jesus left you an example that you should follow in his footsteps. And that means we're supposed to pattern our life after Jesus. And this whole little passage of scripture is Peter pattering, patterning his um, life, this example, after what Jesus did in the Gospels. Maybe you know someone who lives a life that is patterned after Jesus. Um, and if you do, then I would say talk to them this week. What is, it, what is it about them that attracts you to them? Or what is it about them that inspires you? Ask them. Hear their words of, of wisdom and learning and then take some time and read some of these stories in the gospel of what Jesus has done. It's not always about what would Jesus do. Sometimes it's about looking at what did Jesus do. And you'll get a lot of information to pattern your life over. If you don't know where to start, go to Mark chapter 1. It's the most oldest oldest gospel um, and uh, has more of what Jesus did than any other gospel. And then we're told in the last verse here that everyone who lived in Lydda and Sharon saw Aeneas and turned to the Lord. That means they repented that they were changed. I would say the healing that God offers for all of us today is available through Jesus. See what he is doing in the lives of other people around you. And then we all have an opportunity to turn our life to the Lord and to get up. And whatever that bet is, to make it and to move on. Let's pray together. God, I do thank you for your grace and your love. I thank you that you are with us this day. I thank you that what you have spoken to us through scripture is so applicable and relevant in our lives. God, on this day, we do pray for mothers. We pray for expectant mothers who are maybe wondering and waiting, maybe unsure today. We pray for the new mothers who are trying to come to terms with this new responsibility and this new life. We pray for the mothers who are just tired, stressed, or or depressed, or anxious today. We pray for the mothers who have been trying to struggle to balance the tasks of work and family, especially in this time that we're living in. We pray for the mothers who are unable to care for or feed their children because of poverty or lack of resources. And we pray for women who, mothers who raise children as their own. We pray mother, for mothers who have lost a child in whatever way that has occurred. And we pray for those who mother the children of others, stepmothers, and mothers in blended families, the, the mothering women of our churches, our schools, and our neighborhoods. We pray for those mothers whose children are not at home. And we pray for those who desire to be a mother, but that desire has not been fulfilled. So bless them all on this day, God. That their love may be deep and sincere and tender. That they may lead their children to know and to do what is good. Living not for themselves, but living for you and for others. Help us honor our mothers today as a gift from you. 
God, as our world seeks to emerge from the confines of quarantine and isolation, guide us in responsible living. As some churches are gathering back together for in-person worship, God, give us patience to wait until the time is right and then grant us wisdom to ensure the safety and protection of all of your children who are under our care as your church. Help us to do no harm to others or to ourselves in our desire to be back to normal. And give us grace to know that each person we encounter is experiencing and dealing with this in a very unique and personal way. And help us reflect the grace that has been given to us as we show compassion and love in your name. And for these moments that we were able to worship today, God, we thank you for your blessing, for the blessing on the hearing and reading of your word. And God, as you continue to speak to us today, we are listening. Forgive us our sins and help us turn to you. Cleanse us through your mercy and your grace. And hear us now as we pray together in one voice in many places in a prayer that our Lord Jesus taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. All right. Well, I hope that you have a wonderful and blessed day today. Yes. Enjoy Mother's Day if you're a mother. Uh, if you're not and you're with your mother, be thankful. If you are not able to be together, our prayers are definitely with you. I want to thank everyone who has continued to financially give to the church. Um, just a reminder, we will not be here today for the tithe drop-off. Probably do that starting next Sunday. Um, so if you want to give online, that would be awesome. Or if you need the information to mail your check-in, uh, that is on the Facebook page. Yes. So. so today, go and be an example of the love and grace to, of God in your lives. Reflect that to others as together we grow in the grace, love, and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen, and be blessed.